This is Tea Time with Robin. What's up, everyone? I messed that up, but it's fine because I, I did something different today and I twerked it before I came on and it just messed up. But it's okay because we are back. It is episode nine and it's off-season therapy. And you know who I have here with me? My co-host, Robin. Hey. Hi, Robin. How you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I am good. And I forgot to say this is Tea Time with Robin. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining. Thank you to continue to listen to us. We're going to give you some, you know, some tea time, some therapy, off season. So, yeah, let's start it. Let's get it going, Robin. Let's go. Let's go. Right. Know, I think starting this off, this session off, this therapy session off, um, off camera, you know, we chatted a little bit. Um, it's so hard I think to focus on what's important and at the end of the season, you mentioned that you think about the last game, you know, you, you think about the last game and it sits in your mind a lot through the off season and how you go through the off season as a fan, mm -hmm. um, your mood about the team, all of that uh, takes shape, you know, from some of that, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I try not to have the negative creep into my mind when I'm thinking about this team, because ultimately they had a great season. They were 13 and three. And it was some strides that they made. I mean, some players improved, some players didn't. But in all in all, it was a good season. With everything going on, they still only lost three games. And that's where I have to take it because I can't go down that, that, that road. Yeah. And don't you think we were kind of set up? We'll talk about this later more in depth in terms of a narrative, but mm -hmm. um, we all were kind of set up at the beginning of the season in terms of expectations. And I think when the expectation is out there that you're going to win the Super Bowl, anything short of that is obviously a failure. And many of us felt that way, you know, yeah. in the early part of the season, you know, when we were winning games big and everything, you know, the narrative was all there. We'll, we'll get into that um, a little Absolutely. bit, you know, a little bit down the line, but you wanted to start out. So I'm ready to talk about Matt Milano. Finally got his just due. And I don't, and I hate the fact, I don't know if it was because someone didn't want to play or was injured, but Matt Milano should have been a pro bowler regardless. Like he should have been in there when they first came out with the list. Matt Milano's name should have been there. He's all pro, but he should have also been a pro bowler. I was kind of pissed off when it came out, but now, you know, they're trying to set it right, which is fine with me. Yeah. So how do you feel? Yeah. yeah, a little bit, a little bit late in, you know, recognition. In fact, most players probably would tell you that they would prefer to have an all pro honor mm -hmm. than pro bowl because it seems like it's political. Um, so yeah. that's what I think about that. The other thing I would have to say though, I want to put this in for people to think about, um, remember the conversation that 
Matt Milano had at the end of the season at the locker room when he talked about the Bills playing with a lack of energy in that last game. Right. Really, you know, if you listen to Matt Milano, you don't get to hear him, first of all, very often because he's a man of few words and he chooses his words very carefully. Mm-hmm. And when he said that the team lacked energy and he wasn't really sure what that was all about, but it felt different. Um, that was kind of like the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. Um, right. Right. Um, because that's meaningful. I don't think he says things to the media, especially without intent. And, and so I'm not really sure what, you know, what he meant by that, but I would take heed that it means when the team reconvenes, however they're configured this next season, um, there needs to be some serious discussions about the process. But also too, I mean, I don't know how much the guys or whoever reads or listens to their sound bites or their pressers. Do you think that someone would have said to Matt, what did you mean by that? You know what I mean? Like a coach or someone saying, so mm-hmm. did you feel, you know what I mean? Like, what did you, what did you see? Because when you're playing, I'm coaching. What did you mean by that? What did it, was it guys saying that Matt, I don't have it. I can't pull nothing out. Like I'm spent. I just don't have, like, you know, I wonder if anybody will come to him and ask him what he meant by that. I don't know, but I think that's something that obviously has to be addressed because if it, if it's something that's brought up to the media, you know, it's, it's an issue. Because it's something maybe they can, they change next year because, you know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Mean is all about trying to do, do things better than last year. Of course, all teams are doing that, but I just think Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, they take an extra um, approach to, like, if we can improve our players, if we can get this, I don't know, um, equipment in here to improve their body faster, heal faster, they would do it. Like, I think that this this organization will do what they need to do to yeah. not let that happen again. Mm-hmm. They do. They're a very caring organization. You hear players repeatedly say that. Um, it's a, it's a, it's something I think that will have to be addressed next season. But it's certainly like I would write that down on my little list of things that right. you know need need to be addressed in terms of what you said. Like what what did you mean by that? What, mm-hmm. what was happening? And even if you come to the conclusion that this was a manifestation of a team that was completely emotionally totally wrought out it needs it it needs to be talked about you know is that what happened because if that's what happened okay you know let's go you know let's deal with that and and move on and i suspect just tincture of time is going to help but i do think when they reconvene these are all subjects that that need to be addressed yeah for sure you know what's going on definitely um not only did matt milano get um selected as well they also picked deon dawson dawkins dawson knox jordan poyer and um this was a shocker to me uh roger saffold 
I am not sure how anyone on our offensive line uh, would be lauded enough to make the Pro Bowl this year. I don't think. And no against, nothing against. We don't talk really too negative about our guys um, too much. But, I mean, I think they would be shocked as well, too, though. Absolutely. You know, there was, again, for the offensive line, there was so much turmoil, too, in, in terms of injuries. And, but that's something you have to bake in. Because if you if you go through every game of the season, you're going to have changes in your offensive line. Five guys are not going to stay healthy for 17 games. Mm-hmm. You know, I just it, it just rarely happens. So you have to have a good bench. And our bench was <sighs> wrecked up too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we had some unforeseen circumstances happen. But no, I I didn't think Roger Saffold. You know, I think that was a political. I think so too, because he was one um, prior coming to to Buffalo. But I think he also understands too, because he's on Twitter and he's openly saying um, to Bills Mafia, um, "I will be better next year." Mm-hmm. You know, our scheme was the first scheme, first year scheme with these guys and, you know, you know, this and that. And, that. and I, I get it. I think we all I I think and I don't want to say that Bill's Mafia is dumb because I'm not trying to say that at all. I just think that we sometimes forget that we had a first year offensive coordinator and also a first year O-lineman coach. So, I mean, a combination of that. And yes, they're professional football players, but. We have to, and the word grace always comes up for me, and we have to just take an account. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> um, but the person who was supposed to be there is not, and that's Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, the Pro Bowl. Well, he didn't do it last year either, and I right. suspect that that might be a thing that we could expect almost every year because he, for one thing, he's playing in the pro-am at Pebble beach. And I think that's something that he looks forward to. It's like a a big deal for him personally to do that. And so that often conflicts with the, the pro bowl. But the other thing I think that that's going on with Josh, that that's, that's more than this is he's tired. He's burnt. I think he needs to be away from football. Oh yeah, you know completely get oh, yeah. for a month or so and go back and start working with Jordan Palmer again um, when he feels like he's ready. But I think there's there's too much being put on Josh in the sense that he puts on himself for mm-hmm. one. Thing. You know he he puts this all on himself. He's intense. He's very intense. And and the one thing I wrote an article this week. <laughs> If you go on uh, fambase.com, F-A-M as in family, fambase.com, I wrote an article this week talking about what kind of challenges Josh and, and frankly, all the members of the team have in terms of having a mindset shift because you see this team has gone from being the young, playful, Uh that, you know, on the sidelines, they're all hanging out with each other and joking and and that sort of thing because they had this energy about them that they were new, they were fresh. They, you know, they were on the rise. I would use a team like Jacksonville as an example. Oh yeah. 
you know, Jacksonville this year was like the Bills were a, a couple years ago, you uh -huh. know, on the rise, you know, you can see the elements there and everything gets exciting. So we have one year we made it to the AFC championship game, then the divisional, then the divisional. And now we're sitting with Josh, you know, going to go into what his sixth year. Uh -huh. It's time. And now the burden has shifted in terms of, well, when are you going to do it, Josh? You know, when Buffalo bills, when are you going to do it? Yeah. It's like the honeymoon stage is definitely over. And yep. now it's show me stage. It is. And so psychologically, you have to wonder, it's like, okay, there's been this mind shift. How are these guys dealing with that? You know, how are they dealing with that? Are they looking at this still as a challenge like they did? Or is it becoming a burden? Right. And mentally, when stuff becomes a burden, it's different, right? There's, mm -hmm. a, there's a different vibe to feeling yeah. burdened than there is to feeling like, oh, you know, we got it. We're good. It's know. like, it's loving the game. As like, I'm in love with this game. Now it's just like, oh, I'm just here. I got to do it. I have, yeah. you know, I, I have to win the Super Bowl. I have this burden. Yes. And I, I don't think it's just Josh. I think that the coaching staff has to deal with this as well. You know, they, they've repeatedly made it, but they haven't progressed. Right. And it's like, the finisher. We're waiting for them to figure out how to finish it out. Right. And I mentioned this last week, and I think it's something worth considering. It's like, take the process that you have during the playoffs down to the studs and reconfigure how you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, when she says that, that's not rebuilding, guys. No, it's not firing coaches, <laughs> right? Because everybody after the end of the season always wants to fire everybody. You know, that's Twitter. You know, I stay away from Twitter for about three or four days after the end of the season, the last few years, because it's just not it's not conducive to your mental health. Nope. Um, <laughs> at least my mental health. Uh -uh. So I stay away. But I know the temptation is to, oh, let's just fire everybody and, you know, start from the studs. Well, that's why we ended up in this seven and nine season forever thing. Yes. You know, changing coaches every other year and, and all of that doesn't work. It doesn't what work. you have to do is figure out where you need to redo the process and, and get on it because these coaches are all competent. It's not like they're a bunch of idiots out there. And Can let you me ask you this too, Robin. We haven't heard, like, I, I mean, we recently just seen that they hired a safety, um, a safety coach. But you don't really hear too much about this organization interviewing people mm -mm. like they're so tight net where what to where we're not used to this because the bills used to have leaks everywhere and now there's no leaks nowhere absolutely like, right absolutely. not to cut you off absolutely anyway my bottom line is josh skipping you know the pro bowl means absolutely zilch yeah and to be honest with you, I'm glad that he's not there. I think the best thing that he can do is be away from football right now. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I, you need to recharge. So, and I, like you said, this might be something that he's going to do the whole time that he's playing football and he gets, you know, pro bowler because Josh likes golf. And this might be something he does after 
after he plays football. And I'm not mad at that because he's going to need something. Guys need something after they stop playing football. But let's get into Leslie Frazier for just a bit um, and not the firing of Leslie Frazier, not the, you know, all the negative that people are saying on Twitter, which is sometimes draining. At some point, um, injuries played a factor in our season. And I know it plays a factor in everyone's season. Um, but how much of that would you give him a pass this year? I would give him a pass because of injuries, but also his track record. I mean, when you look at the stats, we have a good defense. In spite of the fact that we had all these injuries, the defense performed very well. Did they perform as well as they did a year or two ago? Maybe not, but they did very well considering the circumstances. So, you know, I totally give Leslie Frazier a pass. And, and I think people are just so quick to jump on him. Right. And, and he can be an easy target. He's a soft-spoken guy. Yep. You know, he, he, he's not a rah-rah kind of person. And he's sort of understated. And I think it's easy to just, you know, pigeonhole him. And I think that's unfair. Yes, I agree. I mean, because it's like I was – you know, I listen to different podcasts sometimes <clears throat> and I'm like, I heard someone say, but at some point you have to say injuries played a part in things that he could do and couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Because listen, j- j- although Jordan Poirier was playing, he should have been playing. Jordan Poirier should have been playing. And we know the reason why he played. DeMar Hamlin, Hamlin was out. Uh, Michael Hyde was down. Our backup safeties is Cam. Um, Jaquan Johnson. And that's, no, that's a no. It, come on. So, I mean, it was it was bad. You it bring up a really good point, though, T, about safeties. And I just want to mention, since the Bills did hire, we just found out Joe Dana from the Houston Texans as the safeties coach. Uh, safety, you know, you bring it up, it's probably one of the highest priority positions that the Bills have to consider reconfiguring mm-hmm. uh, during this offseason. First of all, you don't really know what you're going to have in Micah Hyde when he comes back. Right. You know, next surgery is serious business. And, you know, we'll see. But he's, you know, he's also getting into his mid-30s. And it's probably going to be time to move on to the next pair of safeties that Mm -hmm. develop. So the draft is going to be very important with regard to safeties. And that being said, I'd like to mention that on our website, we have a gentleman by the name of Dean Kindig. And he writes for us and does all of the draft research in terms of who would likely be the most suitable candidates for the bills to draft at every position. We'll have articles about that throughout the off season, but the one that's up now is on safeties. So if anybody wants to know more about, okay, so we need, you know, we need to look at bringing in safeties. We're not going to be able to spend a lot of money on free agents. Why, mm-hmm. why would we get rid of Jordan Poyer and bring in an expensive free agent? We're Absolutely. not going to that's not going to happen. So drafting is going to be a big deal. So on our website, 
fanbase.com. Dean Kindig is the guy you want to follow on Twitter. He's got a crazy handle, TC Bills underscore Astro. I'm going to link that as well to the uh, when the pod drops. I'm going to link him onto that. That would be great because his article is everything we need to know about safeties and including, and I mentioned this in the, in the, when we were talking before we broadcasted that um, Dean also, when he, when he does his research, he does two things. One thing that I really like is he listens to every interview that he can to get a vibe on, you know, how Mm -hmm. is going to be a, a, a Sean McDermott fit? Gotcha. Because some, you know, some people just aren't. And the other thing he does is he follows where the bills are in terms of, you know, as Brandon Bean, he's been looking at this guy from Alabama. Um, he tracks that. So that's, yeah, that's really helpful information. And, and we'll pass it along during the off season. He will be writing numerous articles for us. And any article that you have, we can, we can link it also to the podcast when we drop it. So yeah. people can go and um, go over there and read I it as probably, well. We probably should link the one I wrote um, this past week as well. Okay. Because it, it, it goes into some of what we're talking about right now in terms of the the idea of, of getting the mindset to change from um, being joyful and, you know, playful, mm-hmm. the burden thing that, that we just talked about. So um, we'll link that up as, yep. as well. But I, you know, in final word about Frazier to me is let it be. Yes. I mean, he gave us a top five, like defense, right? Year after so, year after year. Right. And it's also the philosophy is defensive philosophy with Sean and, and Frazier. So I know, I know we're pissed. I know we pissed. I know in the playoffs, our defense seems to go to sleep. And I think that Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott realizes this. So I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I have faith that they're gonna, they're gonna fix it. I have faith. You can't get rid of a guy. I mean, maybe you can, but you can't get rid of a guy who's been top five in defense. I you mean, know, it leads into, to be honest, it kind of leads into the next thing that that we wanted to talk about, and that's the narrative. Yeah. You know, I mean, Frazier got set up just like the rest of the team in terms of expectations at the beginning of the season. And the narrative by the media was constant. And it was Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. The Bills have to win the Super Bowl. They have to win the Super Bowl. Plus, this is your year. It's like, oh, my gosh. If we learned anything at all, we should have learned that this is a mistake. And if you buy that kind of hype then you're setting yourself up for failure because the chances of injury or some, there's so many things that can happen during mm-hmm. a season mm-hmm. that can change, you know, that can change the narrative. And it did though. It did. It absolutely like every, You went into this season and everybody was saying the Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl. They're, they're supposed to go to the Super Bowl on paper. If you look at the paper, the, the Buffalo Bills are that Super Bowl team. Right. Haven't even played it down. Game one, two, three, you know, maybe everything was fine. Three, four, five. Injuries. 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 Okay, wait a minute now. Injuries. Injuries. Like, hold on. Are we still Super Bowler? 
or bus. You know, so you can't map out a year for a team to say that they're this team should go to the Super Bowl. I hate expectations. I hate them. Well, that's why I think all the media hype is is the you know they create this narrative. They create it. Yep. They create it. You know, we we don't create it. They create it. Right. They beat it to us. And the expectation is this, and we all get excited for that. And I didn't buy into it throughout the whole season. And I, I don't buy into the media, you know, hype, even though, mm. you know, we're content creators. I'm a writer. Right. Know, so I'm part of the problem, I suppose. But I'll go to my grave believing mm. that you don't have to, you don't have to create content just for the sake of, you know, blowing your horn for lack of a better way to put it. And everybody likes to make predictions, but, and and you and I talked about this during the season. We don't make predictions. I don't make predictions. I don't like doing it. I mean, I may say how much they, well, they're, I think they'll win season will like 13 and whatever. And that's about it. But a score, I can't, I don't play. (laughs) <laughs> like I don't, you know what I mean. So I totally get it. Expectations I, were, I, I hate the word, <laughs> to be quite honest, because I think I don't. Look, players are human, and they, as much as they say they don't read, and be on Twitter, I'll take that with a grain of salt a little bit. If because they read, if they don't read, their family does. Somebody's reading around you. Dawson Knox wrote a letter. He's reading. Come on. And I know you look in the room and you could say, yeah, we could go to the Super Bowl. We got Stephon Diggs. We got Jermaine Edwards. We got Jordan Perry. We got Vaughn. Like, you know what I mean? So, of course, they was, I don't want to say they were feeding into the hype, but you look in your room and you're saying, we got some gods in here. We probably can't, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't Absolutely. know. I'm, you know, I'm done, done with narratives. And the only thing that I believe is what, what we have to think about for the next game and, and go and go from there. Cause it's, right. a, it's a week to week thing and every week has its own little drama. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shall we move on to our last topic? Sure. Have at it. Player health and safety. We decided to talk about that a little bit. Yes. And what came to mind for me, and you mentioned Tua, Tua came out of the concussion protocol yesterday. So it's he was in the protocol, I want to say, somewhere in the neighborhood of about eight weeks or so, mm-hmm. something like that, maybe a little bit less, six to eight weeks. Anyway, it was a long time. It's been a minute. <laughs> It's been a long time, and we all agree pretty much that he had three concussions during the regular season. Absolutely. Two, but we know it was three. The first one against the Bills was not a back injury. It was clearly a concussion. So this man has had three concussions, and the tone that I heard, it, it just it bothers me, and it might be because of my old days as a health professional, but when I heard them say he's going to be just fine and regular, you know, ready for ready to go for training camp. 
And I'm thinking to myself, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. Right. I'm, we have a player on our team, Mitch Morris, who we're concerned about. Yes. And we didn't even know that he had a concussion in the one game. Was it Minnesota game? Minnesota game. Because they fumbled in the end zone. Um, I didn't realize he was out until um, somebody in the house that we were watching the game was like, oh, Miss Morge is not in. And I was like, wait, when did he get out? Mm -hmm. and, and I know centers can get concussions. But a quarterback, wide receiver, any other player – it's, you know, you just think automatically they're going to get it. But when it comes to centers, and I know they can, don't get me wrong, but it's just like, how did he just get that concussion? You know what I mean? And Mitch has had, he has a concussion Damn. concern for me. So not to cut you off. No, seriously, he does. And I believe it was two years ago, I want to say, he was out for a couple months. Uh -huh. And that's concerning. Because when they can't pass the concussion protocol for, you know, weeks on end, That's that means they're symptomatic. And the longer you're symptomatic, the longer your brain is messed up. And that's not a good thing in terms of the future, your, right. your, your likelihood in the future of sustaining concussions. And if you do, if you're not healed and then you can, you sustain another concussion, which is what happened with Tua, Clearly, you know, you get into you get into an area that's very dangerous. Uh -huh. And that's why when I heard this tone of, oh, he'll be ready to go, you know, raring to go at the beginning of the season. I'm thinking, you know, that's a fraud. You know, that, that's <coughs> right. you know, and when you talk about the Tua situation and I only know this because sometimes I'm in spaces on um, on Twitter Fan bases think you're taking a shot at Tua or your fan base or your team. As a Bills fan, if you talk to a Miami Dolphins fan and say, my concern is Tua's health. You're like, oh, no, you're just concerned because you know Tua's good. I don't really – listen, I don't really care about all that. I know who, you know, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, that's my team. I get – you know, that's what – I'm there with that. But my concern is that you guys are putting this guy on the field. He's going to have another concussion. It's just He's a going to. When, you know, exactly. It's just a matter of when, and especially and, in the quarterback position. Right. And then at what point you as a player, because you're going to have to sign off on some stuff, because they're not going to be held responsible for you because you decided, I still want to play. All right, Tua. You have to sign these these documents saying that we're not responsible for you because you decided to go back out there. Because let's be honest, I don't I don't want nothing happening to this 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 kid. Mm -mm. But if you decide to take this in your own hands to go out and play and I these guys are wired so different that they will they will risk it all. They will lie. They will do anything they can to get back out on the field. They will tell you that over and over and over again. And, and I get that. And that's the reason why And this may lie more with health professionals in terms of allowing him to pass his physical mm -hmm. because a past physical 
from my point of view as a former health professional, I think there should be a concussion review uh -huh. in your physical every year. How many concussions did you have last year? Did you have any concussions? Did you have any head injuries of any kind? They should be documented. And if you have too many risk factors, I think you should automatically fail. Yeah, I was just watching something on Vice, um, the dark, dark side of sports. And they were talking about pain medicine and pain managing. And I was just like, they didn't want their own doc. They didn't want outside doctors coming into facilities. They would have their own doctors. And that's why they had their own doctors, because they didn't want outside doctors coming in and saying, well, this is what we see, you know, so for sure. And that's why I think their doctor was fired. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know. at one point. You know, you bring up Mitch Morse and um, just another note about him in terms of his future. He he's a six million dollar cap hit. Yeah. So that's another thing to watch in terms of what Bean may or may not decide to do mm -hmm. in that position. And that may well be another position that they draft fairly high um, another center unless they feel like Ryan Bates or somebody, you know, who's already on the team can, can take Mitch Morse's place, which is not going to be easy to do. It's not because Mitch was a, he's a leader. And yes. A, a smart man. A he is. Every time I see him run blocking, I'm just, I'll get nervous. I know he's, he's pretty fast though. But every time I see him, I'm just like, Oh, Mitch, Mitch, just go down, Mitch. It's the same thing with Tua. You know, I'll, I will never watch Tua play without cringing every time somebody goes after him. Yeah. I mean, just... I, mean I wouldn't watch a Miami game only if we're playing them. I just, I can't. He he, he just scares me in the back. I'm just, yeah, I just can't. I get it. Yeah. But we, is. did you want to talk about the Bengals player? Oh, yeah. I guess we should talk about Eli Apple, shouldn't we? Because no, 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 no. Not him. Oh. Um, Joseph Osai? Oh, 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 at the end of the game. Yeah. Because we're, we're talking about mental health. and Yes, 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 yes. Sorry, my brain went to Eli. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, him too. Though, yeah. Uh, yeah. He gets too much attention anyway. No, this young man broke my heart. Um he was sobbing on the sidelines. He was by himself. He's 22 years old. He's 22 years old. And you could just see that he was coming apart at the seams. And, and thankfully one of his teammates finally came out and, and helped escort him um, to the locker room. But you, yes, you, we have to talk about this, yeah. you know, in depth during the off season, because, the mental health of players is something that I think nobody wants to talk about in terms of um, it's not macho, you know, right. it's not, you know, you got to be tough. You got to be, Oh man, when I played in the seventies, we were like, well, you know what? It's not the seventies. And, you know, I'm glad it's not the seventies in some respects, mm -hmm. at, at least with respect to mental health. And when you see young men like this, I hope that the team makes an extra special effort to make sure he's okay. Yeah. It, it cut, oh, social media could be a nasty place. Yeah. Because 
Imagine doing something, us, and having everyone. You can't even just go on and just whatever. You type your not type your name in, and it's like the threat of, oh, you should go and do this to yourself. You lost this game. You should, you know, the negative, the negative, the negative. And if you're not a strong-willed person, it'll get to you. Definitely, and that's where, in terms of social media. The studies in in psychology, you know, we we don't have a lot of data. You know, this is the first generation of social media, if you will.、Mm-hmm. And the studies in terms of what it does to the human brain,、uh, for example, in teenagers, teenage girls especially, have really negative consequences to spending time on. You know, the more time they spend on social media. The more risky it is,、mm. and so I would encourage everybody. And it's just like we talked about earlier in the show. Like when we lose, I'm gone. Right. You know, like I, you won't see me, and people are like, "Are you okay?" They'll contact me. You know, other ways. Are you doing okay? I haven't heard from you, and I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near、yeah. social media. Give me five days, whatever it is that、just、I need a break. But I'm gone. And I think it's a very healthy thing to do、um, for your state of mind, and limit the amount of time that that you spend letting this stuff reverberate in your mm-hmm. head, because mm-hmm. there's so much negativity, and that's why people like you like to be a flower on social media <laughs> in terms of bringing joy. You know, bringing a, a a joyful you know tweet every now and then. I try. I try. It's just you know, it's social media. People <laughs> like to make their fame on social media, and I, you know. Well, that's why I think I I love you so much, and I love our podcast because we're not in it for the clicks. We're not in it for doing anything. We're doing this mainly, you know, for ourselves and anybody else that wants therapy. Right? Yeah, absolutely.、And、I think that. That that's the bottom line is if you choose to be on social media and stay engaged in that negativity, then you're gonna re- you know you're gonna reap the consequences of it. And the bottom line is it's not good for your mental health. No, it's, it's not. not. You're right. You're right about that. And man, this pod goes by fast, doesn't it? We start talking and it goes by so fast. But I enjoy it and. This was a great episode. Like we're gonna bring more to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's our therapy session for the day. Yes, and it's this is I I decided or we decided that the off season is going to be therapy session. Yeah. Because I think we all need it as Bills fans, not just because of the season, just in general. Just get this off you. We do, and there's、you know? so much because so many of us are tied to the Buffalo community.、Um, You know, one way or another. You know, whether we live、right. there or we grew up there, or you know, we have family there.、Um, the you know, Buffalo is special. There was a poet laureate who, and I, I wish I could remember her name. I should have written it down. But they did last night at the beginning of the Sabers game. There was it was a choose love game. Oh yes, yes. And there was a poet laureate who who read a poem about Buffalo. And I would encourage anybody that's interested to go on the Sabers website. I'm sure you can find it there.、Um, it was beautiful. It was absolutely、okay. beautiful. But 
my point is it ties, you know, it ties us all together. You know, we are all in this together. Absolutely. And I think it's important for us during the off season to address kind of our own process. You know, we talk about, uh, we talk about the coaches having to review what they do. Well, maybe we should review what we're doing as a fan base mm-hmm. you know, and, and what's going on in our lives that we can come together and be a positive influence for each other. Um, I like that. I like that. Okay. I like that. So again, I appreciate you. I love you. Thank love you again you. for coming on and sh- you're spreading love and spreading your wisdom with the Buffalo Bills. And you know, it's all love this way. It's, it's all love. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. This will drop on Friday. Um, and always go Bills. Peace y'all. You have been listening to Tea Time with Robin. Go Bills.